Amidst these headlines, it may be easy to get discouraged and disillusioned as we live in the consequences of a fallen world. Daily, we see the health and nutrition needs, economic and physical needs, and spiritual needs of those around us. But we also see God's wondrous works. We're confident that God is at work here. Majestic awesome and glory, and she knows firsthand the work of God in her life. The day after she was hospitalized with fevers and weakness, she stopped breathing on her own and spent the next two and a half weeks on a ventilator with a doctor and a nurse at her bed, 24 hours a day. Each day was expected to be her last. Her family and friends spent their time praying in the courtyard, and all the missionary families kept praying. She had chest tubes in her lung, and it took everything the hospital had to help her. After six weeks, she walked out of the hospital thanking God for saving her life. The doctor said a prayer of gratitude, knowing God had truly been at work here. Jose is a two-month-old, very malnourished baby who also should have died his first few days in the hospital. But God spared him and he held on. His mom has left him to the care of the hospital, and now Jose is getting the food and attention he needs. Even I like feeding him. God is working here. What do people do when there is no water? In some communities, people walk to the closest river to get water to drink, to cook, and even to wash their clothes. My dad has been so blessed to have his own well drain machine. He built it slowly over a year, and it is now working full force, bringing joy to many people. He has been able to provide wells for schools, churches, groups of houses, and even some large communities. In one community, he was able to get a very special donation to buy a pump that helped provide water to over 150 homes. It has been evident over and over that God is working here. Christians in Action is the name of the church we are helping out. Over the past several years, the church has grown, and so have the needs. We now have four classrooms for Sunday school, and we'll be building a parsonage 
for the Guatemalan missionary who's in charge of the church. We are praying God will send a pastor soon. I thank you all for all your help, for your prayer, for everything that you always is helping in our country. God is working here. God is working here. God is working here. Thank you for that warm welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, we've got a special guest with you. We don't. We just didn't get to see them on the screen, but they are here with us this morning in the states, and they are uh, here, and they're going to share a little bit more. Christina and Rigo. So, if you guys would come, please uh, come and just share with us what the Spirit of God is doing uh, in Honduras as well as in your guys' lives. I remember the first time that I met you, uh, Christy. I believe. It was the time you guys invited us. This is my point of reference, right? She invited us over for lasagna when we were down there as a team. Was that the first time we met? I think so. I think so. it was really, it was just, it was awesome, actually. <laughs> so we had lasagna and you had that tea. It was like hibiscus tea or something like that, which, man, I'll never forget that. It was just a great time. And, and you guys opened up your doors and just was so hot, you know, just providing such um um, you know, a warm welcome for us as a team and just kind of connected. And then we got to meet some of the other doctors and, and um, uh, personnel from the um, from the hospital. And I think that was the first time I met you as well, Rigo. Mm-hmm. And so uh, since then, we've had you here a couple times, I believe. And uh, today we're fortunate to have them back. And I got to thinking about it. And, and usually we kind of split time up and I speak and then we try to turn it over and let them introduce themselves. So you're in for a treat. I'm not speaking today, but they're going to speak. So, um, yes, just don't be that happy, okay? <laughs> see, see what I deal with here. So, so then, yeah, so. that's mighty nice of them, right? They would never do that in Honduras, would they? So, anyhow, um, thank you so much for coming, and I'm going to turn it over to you. And please just share. And we're excited to have you here, and and uh, and to support you guys. Uh, in your ministries there in, in Honduras. So if you would, please just share with us. And uh, Can we give them one more warm welcome? Can we do that? So, thank you. Good morning. Um, it is really great to be here with all of you. Um, we feel like we're part of you, or you're part of what we're doing now in Honduras, and it's really neat to be kind of be partners together and hear about all the great things that um, God is doing through the church here. And we just really appreciate all of your help. We know that you keep us in your prayers, um, faithful with supporting us. And that's really the only reason that we can be in Honduras and be able to do what we're doing is because there are people like you who um, are so faithful in what you do. And so we just wanted to share a little bit about the work in Honduras and what you guys are part of so you can um, understand a little bit of how God is using you in a different way, maybe, than what you see on a daily basis. Um, you saw the video. I um, I think there's probably some new people here, but I went down to Honduras as a single missionary nurse to work at a mission hospital that was just being built on the coast of Honduras 16 years ago in 2000. Um, went a little bit scared, a little bit nervous, because I was all by myself and was kind of wondering what God had planned for me, but I knew he called me and I needed to go. And after I got to Honduras, I 
we started working at the hospital. It wasn't even finished being built yet, so we started a clinic in another building and got the work started. And soon after, Rigo came to work as a lab technician in our clinic, and they were training him. And, well, one thing led to another, and two years later, we were married. So God took me all the way to Honduras just so I could get married down there. <laughs> um, and since then, God has blessed us with three children, Anthony, Amanda, Adrian, and a surprise baby on the way. So in April, we'll have number four. So. The verse that um, is in the video says, Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, who is majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? The hospital where we're helping out at, the sign at the gate says, Dios obra aquí, God is working here. And that sign, that same gate, has been in front of the hospital since I basically started there. And I don't know that I felt the impact of those words as much as over the last two or three years of just being amazed at the awesomeness of God as he's touched lives in ways that we never expected. Things have happened at the hospital that we didn't believe possible. Um, we've The hospital's grown from just a tiny clinic with just a few missionary doctors and one nurse in the beginning, which was me, to now... A big hospital for there <laughs> with, um, we're seeing at least 100 to 150 patients a day through the clinic. And our inpatient is only 15 beds right now, but it stays full the whole time and just a lot of needs. And we're starting to see more critical patients, patients um, with more severe problems, a lot of kind of ICU level care. But none of us have had any training in ICU. We don't have the equipment. We don't have the materials or supplies. And so when these kinds of things come in, that's when the most important thing we can do is just get on our knees and pray. And as you saw in this video, the story of Claydine, that was one thing that happened this last year that just impacted all of us as missionaries there, of knowing it's not about us. It's what God wants to do there. It's his work. And so it's been really incredible to be part of a ministry that each day we have to rely more and more on God to see results, um, to see God doing miracles. And we feel like every day um, we're seeing more and more things that God is doing down there. And I really believe that he has his hand on Honduras and has a great plan. Many people have come to the hospital, some in really sick people who have cancer and are dying and there's just not the care that they need available. And many times it's frustrating it's hard to see someone going through so much and thinking that we can't do much. We feel helpless. But the neat thing is that every time they come through that hospital, we're able to share the message and speak God's truth into their lives. And we've seen so many patients come to the Lord in that moment. And even though we've had to hold hands of many people who are dying, it's been wonderful to see the smile on their face as they go because their salvation is secure because they got the message just in time. Over this past year, we even had a man who came to us who was completely burnt, unconscious, didn't really, he just got dumped at the hospital, no story to go with what had happened, and we started caring for this man. He looked like a really tall American to us, 
Didn't look Hispanic in any way, but we had no information on him. And then slowly he started mumbling some words in English, and we were able to get out his first name. But that was all the information we had. So we contacted the U.S. Embassy and started caring for him. But he was in such, had been so severely burned that the only hope for him was to be shipped back to a burn unit in the U.S. So we started contacting the embassy, trying to get information on him. Through many different processes and things that we did, we finally were able to identify who he was and find out, yes, he was a true American citizen, was not supposed to be in Honduras, was there illegally. And the story kind of came together that what we think was he was in a drug plane that crashed, and in that crash he was severely burned, and somebody found him and just brought him to our hospital because they felt that would be the best place for him. And as we tried to get all the paperwork and contact hospitals and do everything that needed to be done to be able to ship him back home, he slowly started fading away more and more. But in those moments, he had a few times when he would be alert and start saying a few things to us. And that's when we as missionaries had the opportunity to start sharing the gospel with him. And at one point, he said, I need to pray. And so we prayed with him, and the next day, he passed away before we were able to get him the help he needed. But it was such an incredible thing to see how God used this little tiny missionary hospital in Honduras to bring an American who probably had heard the gospel here, but God chose that moment in his life for him to be able to hear the gospel and to give his life to the Lord right before he passed away. And it was so wonderful to know that he got to go in peace to heaven. As I said, we, um, Rigo and I met at the hospital, and Rigo was working there with me in the hospital. We were both um, ministering there. He was working in the lab. And I, as a nurse, and kind of um, moved into administrative roles and did different things. But Rigo realized that indoors wasn't all it was cracked up to be. He liked the outdoors and the real world. And so he started working more in ministries with community development. And through that, he started a well drilling ministry. So I'm going to let you share a little bit about what that was like. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here with you. Thank you for having us here and giving us the opportunity to share a little bit of um, our lives and what we're doing in Honduras. Um, I was uh, thinking about when I was working on the lab, uh, like my wife said, there are so many stories that we can share with you, uh, some sad stories and also some uh, happy stories, things that are happening there. And I remember when I was working on the lab, um, I remember the, the first time that I did a HIV test and it was positive. For me, that was, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but it was a big impact on, on my life. And uh, I went and, and told the lady that it was teaching me, uh, and I showed it to her, and I said, see, this is positive. And she said, eh, go and repeat it, just to be sure. So, and it was positive. Um, and then, a couple months later, uh, a young lady came. She was about 
18 years, maybe 19. And she was very, very skinny. And the doctor gave me a big list of uh, uh, tests that I need to do on her. And, and then another doctor came and told him, what about HIV? And he said, no, I don't think so. And I was thinking about that. Uh, and so the doctor said, okay, go ahead, do that one first. And I was positive. And I was on the same, on the same room when the doctor told her, uh, you have HIV. And that lady started crying and crying. But then another doctor came and, and talked to her, explained to her about Christ and salvation, and we prayed with her. And then she went out the hospital with a happy face, with Christ on her heart. So, you know, something sad turned to happiness. And then we knew that um, she died. A couple months later, she died. But we know that she died with Christ. Uh, talking about well drilling, uh, there was a missionary working at the hospital that when his work was completed, then he went to La Ceiba, to the closest uh, city where we live, and uh, he started working with a drilling well machine, well drilling machine. My wife is always correcting me. Uh, <laughs> and, and one time I went to watch him working, and he said, do you like this work? And I said, of course, it's interesting. And he said, are you interested in working with this machine? And I said, why not? Uh, by that time, I was working at the lab, but only for a few hours, and then I go to do something else. So uh, the next year, we came to the U.S., and I went to visit these friends in Texas, the, the owners of the machine, and on 2007, I started working with the machine. I remember the, uh, I think on the, in the video, there's a little uh, part of the machine. Uh, it has a lot of things, a lot of controls and all that. And I work on one well with those guys. And then the next time, they told me, there's the machine. Go ahead. Start drilling. What? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Start drilling. So I did. I was uh, drilling the whole day. We got to 150 feet and we hit a rock. So uh, one of the owners of the machine told me, uh, go ahead and take care of the sand. We're going to need some sand for the for drilling. Uh, and he took the machine. He started drilling. But we were drilling on rock. So he pushed too much pressure and he broke the drilling pipes. And uh, two drilling pipes stayed down uh, with the bed, with the drilling bed that cost uh, $3,000. So he, he was complaining, oh, I should have let you do, finish it. So, uh, so I worked with those guys for, um, for seven years. But then they started slowing down, they start coming down to Honduras only once before they were doing two, twice a year. And then they told me, no, I don't think we're going to keep using the machine. So I start making my own machine. 
I start getting parts from here, from there, finding used parts. The first thing I got was an old army uh, trailer, small trailer. And I find some guy cut it on pieces and use only some, some of that trailer. And I start putting it together. It took me uh, almost two years. So finally, last year, we got it running. Um, and on one year, we already put around 50 wells on different communities, churches, schools. So, thank you. That's part of our ministry. Uh, we also work in with uh, construction teams. Uh, normally we get a couple teams coming every year to do construction. Uh, we're building churches, uh, pastor house, uh, widow's house, and also schools. So. Well, part of what happens while Rico's busy um, drilling wells in all of Honduras, poking holes in the country, um, is <clears throat> there's a lot of different times when there are danger. There's been danger in what he does. Um, maybe some of you know Honduras, I think, is ranked the third most violent country in the world right now. And where we live, we feel really safe. But Rigo has to travel to different places, and so it's not always perfectly safe like where we're living. And <clears throat> one time, a couple years ago, I, Rigo was gone, and he was going to be drilling a well. And I went to the city with my children, and that's where my parents lived. So we were visiting them. And the car had some trouble, so I took the car to the mechanic and then went, picked up the car, went to my parents' house, picked up my children, and said, let's get home. It's going to get dark soon. We need to get on the road. So we were driving down the road a little ways when all of a sudden the front of the car, the hood of the car basically just flew up and hit the window. And so immediately I lost all visibility. I was on the highway, had no idea where I was, how I could get off. So I put my head out the window and finally was able to kind of pull off the road and get out of the car, and the hood had bumped back so bad that it actually bent over the top of the car. And so it took all my might and force to pull it back down and kind of just try to keep it in place. We tied it with some different things, me and the kids. And the kids were in the car just feeling totally upset. And while I was out fixing it, the first thing they did was grab the cell phone to call Dad. And they called, and they said, Daddy, we... This thing happened on the road, and the, and the hood came up, and it came and bumped the car, and Mommy got us off the road, and we're okay. And, and then one of the, I got on the phone, and I said, Honey, I know you must have been praying for us. And he says, Yeah, I was praying. So we all kind of calmed down, knew that we were okay, and just thanked the Lord for taking care of us, got back in the road, and then, what was the next part? <laughs> Yeah, that same day, um, we were coming from working on a well. I had a pastor with me, my brother, my cousin, and two other guys. So my brother and, and my cousin were driving in the back of the pickup. We were towing a, an air compressor, and it was around 8, 8.30 in the night. And we were going, getting into the city, and on front of us, there was a pickup on the side of the road. There were some people coming out from, from a house. And another car was coming on front of me. 
And this, these people from this car start shooting at those people were, that they were coming out from that house. And we went in <laughs> to the, <laughs> to where they were shooting. And I remember that I did that, you know, trying to escape. And, and the pastor looked at the back and he said, those guys are not there anymore. <laughs> but they, they went down on the bed of the pickup and we crossed. So we went to La Ceiba. When we were coming back, we had to come through the same road. And the police was there and a lot of people. And then we found out that two guys were murdered there. So, but when we uh, got out the pickup, we were looking at the pickup where the, the shot was because we were sure that at least one of them, one of those uh, got the, the car. But thanks God, we all were saved. And, and then I called my wife and I said, are you praying for us? And she, <laughs> and she said, yeah, we were praying for the, uh, with the kids because we're going to bed. And I told her what happened. And I know that not only between us are praying for us, but I know that you guys always praying for us, and that's why it keeps us safe. Thank you very much. So sometimes in the midst of whirling bullets, I know that what's kept us safe and what's been the protection we need is because you guys are so faithful in praying for us and praying for missionaries. Um, and I just encourage you to continue to pray for people all around the world because God is faithful, and he is doing wonders. The other ministry, the third part of the ministry that we're involved in, is um, working with churches. Since we got married, we've um, been able to help. We started one church and then turned it over to a pastor there in our area that kind of grew out of a youth group. And then after that, we also um, helped at a different church, and through that, they started a church plant up in the mountains. We used to go riding up the mountains um, twice a week with our whole family on a pretty treacherous road, and we're able to start a church there. And once the church grew a little bit, um, there was somebody available to pastor that church, so we went ahead and turned it over to that pastor. And we had some experiences kind of similar to what we were talking about, where we know that God was protecting us and that people were praying and supporting us in that. Over the last four years, we were asked to help at a little church that had been started by one of the missionary nurses. Um, she had done some home health care, and through that, she had discipled a family, and it had grown into a little church. And they had a church building, but the church had kind of dropped off, and a lot of, not many people were coming anymore. And she was about to leave, and she said, I just feel such a burden just to leave this church and let it die. Would you guys please help out? So Rigo and I have been helping... Um, kind of as leaders of the church. There's also a Guatemalan missionary um, who's there with us and one other missionary family that um, are helping. So we're kind of just not pastoring the church but working together as leaders until a pastor can come. So we've been there for four years and when we first started helping out there, there was maybe the biggest crowd we had on a Sunday would be 30 people. And now we've gotten up to about 90 people on Sundays. And a lot of children are in that. Um, the hospital has a children's center, and they have about 32 children. A lot of them come to our Sunday school also. So we have a really neat ministry of just working with those children and working in an area where there's a lot of um, needs and a lot of really poor people in that area in that church. 
So we've just been really amazed at how God has used us in that area also, and just using our family. Um, I was remembering the way that I got to know this church and came in contact with most of you was I was, I guess, probably in college, and um, you guys sent a youth team down to Honduras, and you needed a translator, and so I was able to translate for the youth team at that time, and that's kind of how I started having any contact with this church, and so it's gone way back, and I really appreciate all you've done, and our oldest son, Anthony, now is having kind of those same opportunities. He's done a lot of translating, and he's been able to translate also at the hospital with us, and um, he gets to go on the OR and help with surgery because that's where they need the translator. So it's been really neat to see how God is letting us pass the torch to the new generation. And we're just really excited. And thank you guys so much for just being part of all that we're doing and just being such a blessing. And we just ask that you continue to pray for us, that we will be faithful to what God has called us to. Thank you. I want to I want to have a word of prayer uh, for the Andinos and and just uh, ask you guys uh, to pray on their behalf continually. We're in a series. Uh, we're talking about we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and teaching on conversing about the Holy Spirit. And as you were sharing, um, you know, Paul talks about a lot of the things that happens uh, with the Holy Spirit if we're not part of God's family. It's it's foolishness. And as they were sharing, what kind of came across my mind was. Um, I think when you listen to stories like this, uh, people could think, well, it's, it just, it's ironic or, you know, the way things happen. But, um, as Christians, as people that believe in the Holy Spirit, it's quite interesting that God would bring someone that may have been involved in drugs to your hospital to have a, to have a relationship with Him. And then, uh, some of the other individuals you were talking about where they were finding healing, but finding ultimate healing through Jesus Christ. And, um, that's not foolishness. That's the power of God at work. And sometimes we look at it and it's easy to look. It's, it's, it amazes me when you look at it, how God can orchestrate through whatever it is, um, orchestrate to, to connect with someone and that person have a saving faith in, in, in Him. And so, um, it's very powerful and it's very powerful when we respond to that. If it weren't for people like you, um, Christina, it, um, Possibly things like that could be missed out on. So, and Rigo as well. So, um, it's just very encouraging when we respond to the Spirit of God and allow God's Spirit to move and direct us. Let me have a word of prayer with you guys as the worship team comes back and we're going to close with a couple songs and just pray that your hearts would be in a position to, um, just worship God as we, as we learn more about how God works and seeing His mighty hand work, um, uh, through the ministries of Rigo, Rigo and Christina. So let me just lead us into a word of prayer, and then uh, and then we'll uh, close with a couple songs. Father, thank you so much uh, for the Andino family. Thank you so much, as, as Christina was sharing, how that torch is getting passed on even to their kids, that mantle. And I think that's exactly what it is, that when we live our lives in front of our kids in a way where we're communicating to them and demonstrating to them that this matters, that our relationship with you matters, that it's the most significant thing that we build our lives upon, that they are there to see that and that they respond to that as well. And so I thank you so much for the, um, for the leading of the Spirit, uh, for, for Rigo and Christina and the rest of their family responding to that and how lives have been changed. We pray that their ministry would continue to 
be able to be used by you in a very powerful way where people's lives are touched and reached for you. Uh, sometimes we get so wrapped up in numbers or, or even like, you know, the return on the investment where if we just focus on responding to your spirit, that's when lives are changed and, and we're able to be a part of something so much bigger. And so we give you thanks for them. We give you thanks for this time that they could come and share. We pray powerful anointings upon them. We pray that as they travel around a little bit more here and speak to some other churches that are supporting, that there would be um, just, you know, just all kinds of people jumping on board with them and, and helping them uh, minister there in Honduras. We pray that as, uh, when they return, that they would have um, a refreshing, you know, spirit resting, uh, your spirit resting upon them so that they would have more years of service to you. Thank you so much for allowing us to, again, to meet another brother and sister in Christ in this family and um, letting us pray for them and be a part of their of their lives as well. And so we pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.